Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Hi, have you ever heard the terms metric, data-driven, KPI, or productivity used in your pharmacy setting? Did you understand what the purpose was or what was really going on? If you did understand the metric, did it really seem to be tied to any kind of change or improvement? And have you ever felt like the work you were doing was not accurately tracked? You are not alone. I'm Kyle Joniker, the clinical coordinator of the pharmacy department at Northwestern Medicine Kishwaukee Hospital in DeKalb, Illinois. Join myself and Tyler Kramer, clinical pharmacist at Boone Health in Columbia, Missouri, and Dave Karen Jr., Vice President of Diagnostic and Therapeutic Services at Mass General Brigham and Martha's Vineyard Hospitals, as we tried to provide RX for success, navigating pharmacy metrics in small and rural hospitals. Tyler, thanks for being available today. To set a common stage and give new practitioners an insight into hospital metrics, what are the two main types of pharmacy metrics evaluated in a hospital setting? Thanks, Kyle. I'm happy to be here today. And great question. I think you can break it down into quantitative and qualitative metrics. And those quantitative metrics focus on objective measures that provide quantifiable or tangible data regarding pharmacy operations. These types of metrics are often found through evaluating dispensing activities, and obtaining electronic health record or EHR reports. Quantitative measures can also be looked at as operational measures, including prescription order volume, medication dispensing, and turnaround time. You can often think of these as transactional in nature. On the other hand, we have qualitative metrics, and these focus on capturing soft dollars or subjective measures within a pharmacy. And these can be captured by performing satisfaction surveys, staff engagements, and assessing quality of clinical interventions performed. These we kind of view more as like non-transactional in nature. Great. Thanks for that insight. So now that we have those definitions, what operational measurements are commonly measured in small and rural hospitals? So as part of our work with the small and rural hospital section advisory group, we surveyed our colleagues throughout the country to find what kind of metrics are being collected. Based on our survey feedbacks, other small hospitals, um, the most common operational metrics that are found in the pharmacy include volume productivity metrics, financial metrics, and staffing metrics. Breaking this down a little bit further, we found the following. The volume and productivity metrics included orders verified in EHR, doses dispensed, compounds verified, number of clinical interventions performed, while the financial metrics included revenue and expenses, acquisition cost, drug cost, financial variance, and 80-20 reports. And then the staffing metrics included employee to patient census ratio, productive hours, and overtime and sick days. So that covers the operational pieces of a hospital pharmacy. What about qualitative or clinical measurements? What are commonly being assessed uh, in that area? So surprisingly, one of our most common answers was none. Um, I think all of us can kind of agree that a majority of pharmacy benefit is typically seen as cost savings and avoidance strategies. As we kind of discuss later, those dollars are not tangible, and it's unable to provide hard dollars to the seed suite leadership. Um, the next most clinical measurement that were reported was intervention tracking in the EHR. So this could be MedRecs performed, uh, MTS protocol adherence, uh, antimicrobial stewardship, opioid stewardship, IV to PO situations. So each MTS protocol was specific to the individual hospitals that reported out on this measurement. 
Oh, very interesting. So what gaps are not being addressed with the metrics that we currently see? So kind of like we mentioned that there's no secret that cost avoidance strategies and interventions play a valuable role in the pharmacy profession. Um, it's nearly impossible for us to place a value on the unmeasured work that pharmacists perform each day. In the setting of small and rural hospitals, a lot of us wear many different hats. So this could mean pharmacists spending hours addressing automated system functionality. So like your automated dispensing cabinet repairs, if you have carousels, uh, setting up and or providing support for these. It also includes EHR management. So if you're having to build your own order sets, um, that could be something that's taking up some of our time. Uh, nursing and provider phone calls, patient transition of care. So doing med recs, if your hospital does that, um, and then also providing discharge counseling. Regulatory compliance is another big one. Um, we all know USP 797 is kind of updating this year. So that's taking up quite a bit of our time, especially at Boone. Um, we're all trying to get caught up on making sure we're compliant with that. And then committee involvement. Um, we have our PNT committee that we sit on, uh, antimicrobial stewardship and opioid stewardship, and all of those are important in making sure we provide great patient care to all of our patients. Um, but it's sometimes overlooked in the metrics, so it's kind of hard to report out on how much time we're actually spending doing those things. Uh, yesterday was a great example um, when I was working. Uh, I typically work a 10-hour shift. So the first two hours of the day, I was doing pre-op orders for future surgeries that we received from our surgery group. The next hour, I actually spent verifying orders, uh, checking our OmniCell batch to go refill our Pixis machines. The middle of the day, we had a patient that started needing extra care. Um, we we're transitioning him over to an NG tube, and he was started on continuous renal replacement therapy. So we're having to change a lot of his stuff over to per tube to make sure things can be safely crushed and administered. Unfortunately, this patient was a transplant patient, so one of his meds wasn't exactly interchangeable right away. So I had to spend two hours talking with his transplant team, our intensivist group, um, and then trying to figure out what medication we had that best fit his needs and what we could actually get into the hospital. Um, so then we also had to redose a lot of his medications because he was starting on CRRT, and we just needed to make sure those were going to be administered safely. The remaining part of my day, I fixed our uh, ADS machines and had to get some dictionary edits in our EMR so it was safer for when we we're verifying orders. So out of all of this, essentially only four hours of my day was actually captured in metrics that we report out, while the other six hours or 60% of it was not really captured. And I'm just kind of one pharmacist that um, works there. And everyone else also kind of had like the probably about a 50-50 split on reporting out on metrics and then no metrics that actually get reported to the C-suite. Wow, that is a heck of a day and some great work by you and the, the rest of the team there. Uh, so let me bring in our other speaker today. Dave, in your vast experience in hospital pharmacy and your current role as a VP, what challenges exist in obtaining metrics for small and rural hospitals? Well, first of all, Kyle, I want to thank you for allowing me to participate um, in the podcast today. And as you know, small and rural hospitals are resource challenged. We often can't identify someone who has the expertise to dive into data or has a background in analytics. We occasionally default to individuals and departments that have been self-taught or who have the savvy to do some data extract 
With that said, most hospital operating systems are intuitive and pharmacists are instinctively savvy. So finding solutions are reachable. It's also important to build relationships with colleagues who use similar platforms. Reaching out to colleagues or subject matter experts have been useful resources in driving what we need. Yeah, thanks, Dave, and really important to name that networking piece. Uh, but so as we look at metrics, those don't just live in a silo, they go somewhere. So what metrics have the most value when reviewing with hospital leadership? Um, that's another great question. And overwhelmingly from our survey answers, we found that a majority of the time C-suite is really kind of focused on those tangible dollars rather than the theoretical savings or cost avoidance dollars. Um, so they're looking at things that are measurable as a pharmacy service. So that kind of includes all of our financial performance of the department. So what we're spending on drugs, uh, the productivity of the department, our staffing hours, and then like we said, our paid and sick time that is adding up. How we can do cost containment strategies, and then also kind of our operational efficiency. So these transactional metrics don't necessarily encompass all of the work that pharmacy is doing every day. Um, so I know we kind of discussed this previously that Kyle and I were saying that a lot of our pharmacy initiatives kind of harm these metrics because if we're doing great work on our antimicrobial stewardship, then most likely we're dispensing less antibiotics. So we're having less drugs dispensed and less charges go out for the pharmacy. So that could seem kind of negative in nature. However, we're saving dollars on the back end. Um, it could also be stopping unnecessary therapies, um, IV to PO interchanges, and then even like opioid stewardships are promoting safe use of pain medications and making sure we have the right day supply when we dispense those out. So all those other things that are typically unmeasurable um, kind of have negative impact and C-suite may see that as like a less transactional in nature. So, so if a pharmacist spends time doing work for a committee meeting, uh, so this can mean like med safety, P&T, and also antimicrobial stewardship, all those hours are producing non-productive units of service. And typically these can be critical work for the facility because we're saving a lot of dollars on the back end. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. It really is very complicated in how much we measure and what work we are being done. So how does hospital leadership place value on cost avoidance initiatives? Or to say it another way, how can clinical initiatives be highlighted to hospital leadership to be taken as equally important as those financial metrics? So I think tying in the non-transactional clinical work um, to outcomes when possible is the strongest argument for value. So this could be like decreased readmissions um, because the patient discharged on correct dose of medication, they received the correct counseling, so they know why they're taking the medication um, and they actually take it appropriately. We could also provide like shorter length of stay um, due to de-escalation of oral antibiotics. Um, and then trying to do all well, these cost avoidance dollars, they can be tangible items that hospital leadership can understand. And typically a lot of rural hospitals partner with you know, doctor's offices in their community. So we could be having a broader impact on community health as well. Kyle, I've got to say, Tyler is on point with this one. Having a common understanding across disciplines is the key to success from a leadership standpoint. 
It also helps leadership support initiatives and allows for future endorsements of similar programs. Once you can prove value in a cost avoidance initiative, it makes it easier to potentially replicate in other areas of the institution. It's especially valuable that these measures lead to better patient care. I know it's cliche, but we choose this life for ourselves because we care about people. If we can do that and be a role model to how to do it efficiently, I think we all win. Oh, that's so true. And I, I appreciate the optimistic spin on that. But what challenges do we have in selling these clinical metrics to hospital leadership? So I think there's significant difficulty um, in pharmacy initiatives alone making the difference. Uh, so a lot of times these challenges is like with our discharge disposition, pharmacy could be ready to go, um, the patient's ready to discharge, but there could be social work or nursing care that could be holding us up. It could even be placement. We've been having a difficult time finding a lot of placement for like skilled nursing facilities in our area. So then when we're kind of reporting out that we're helping reduce time that patients are in the hospital, this is kind of holding up that metric because we don't have anywhere to send that patient, even though they're ready for discharge. And then also even like a different disease states or needs for procedure, these can complicate our metrics as well. Uh, one thing that we did have is we promoted with nursing, uh, our MedRec team is originally we didn't have MedRec performed by pharmacists and discharge counseling, but we did talk with nursing leadership and they noticed that maybe it was more practical for a pharmacy and then also our pharmacy students to perform these things because we're most familiar with the drugs and we could contact pharmacies easily. So we were the most efficient at doing that. And the way we were able to obtain more FTE for our department was to actually get nursing on board and had them advocate with us as well. Um, we've also transitioned kind of to more ready to use medications. There's been a lot of studies come out on that, on how it helps nurses readily administer medications. They're not spending a lot of time wasting at the automated dispensing cabinets. And then it helps us track waste a little bit better. Um, so all these things can kind of help. Maybe the leadership doesn't see them as helpful right away, but we can track the data a little bit better because it's given us data points on this. Oh, very good. And Tyler, you did mention uh, something about additional FTEs and extra resources. And, and earlier, Dave, you talked about small and rural hospitals being resource limited. So it really kind of begs a question. What strategies can be used to advocate for additional FTEs, additional resources to target some of these metrics that we might be struggling with? Well, honestly, similar to some of the previous answers, Proving value in a metric that leadership can grasp the tangible value is necessary. Often this will require a well-thought-out pilot or trial. Prove the benefit on a small scale. Small and rural hospitals will always be in a resource-limited environment. And we all have gotten really good at doing more with less. Sometimes, though, there's no substitute for another physical body to get something done. Be an advocate for a pharmacy department and the impact. Yeah, so true. So true. Um, so I guess kind of the final question for both you, Tyler, and you, Dave, uh, what's the answer? Uh, where does pharmacy go? How do, we, how do we get through this web of metrics and productivity? So I think that's, you know, 
the reason why we're here. And it's a very difficult question to answer. Um, but the best route, and I agree with Dave, is kind of finding the need um, and trying to do small pilots, if you can, in your hospital to prove that, you know, if we had this additional FTE, um, we could help other departments within the hospital and um, show that there's actually like a need for additional pharmacist intervention. And we can do this by, you know, capturing near misses, uh, telling the story of our patients, and then also, you know, telling the story with nursing, because we all know COVID kind of did a number on all of us, and it stretched, you know, the nursing labor that we have pretty thin. So we can find that gap or find that need and fill it in with pharmacists when we can. And pharmacy will always need to report the core workload, things like verifying, dispensing, all those quality checks. I don't think they'll ever be avoiding that, but always tell the story of quality. At the end of the day, we continue to do the best patient care we can with the resources that we have. And that's the most important piece. No matter the metric or the value placed on the work, doing what's best for our patients, putting patients first. That's what drives pharmacists, especially in those rural and small hospital settings. Well, that's all the time we have today. I do want to thank our guests, Tyler and Dave, for joining us and participating in this uh, very valuable conversation on metrics. Uh, it's focused on the small and rural hospital setting. If you haven't before, I encourage you to check out the ASHP online resources, some member exclusive offerings around drug shortages, practice management, quality improvement, certainly the small and rural hospital resource center, previous podcasts, and really the entirety that the ASHP community offers and that networking that we referenced much earlier. Very, very valuable there. So I'm Kyle Joniker. Thanks again for tuning into this session of Hot Topics in Pharmacy. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Uh, keep it going online and with all your friends. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the ASHP podcast through your favorite podcast provider. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time.